You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Welcome to Dropping In. A podcast of storytelling and interviews with your host, Winter Olympian Mercedes Nickel. Thank you so much for dropping in today. This is Series 7, where I get to talk to some amazing athletes that have wild, amazing stories. You're going to be inspired. These are Team Canada's Paralympians, all on on Series 7 of Dropping In. Now, this is episode 67. Let me introduce the guest that we will be dropping in with today. Our guest just missed out on the 2014 Sochi Winter Olympic Games, Olympic Games, as a brakeman, or do we say break woman? I'm not sure, for bobsled due to a torn hamstring. After recovery from that injury, she looked into being a bobsled pilot. But in a matter of months, she was on to a new sport in the velodrome, competing internationally as a cyclist. Winning two medals at the 2015 Pan American Games, silver in the sprint, and clocking a Pan Am record grabbing the gold in team sprint. The next year, she was racing at the 2016 Rio Olympics. Yes, I said Olympics, not Paralympics. In 2017, she was in a training accident, leaving her unable to walk, talk, or breathe unassisted. She had suffered a severe head injury, and doctors said she would never be able to take part in sports again. Now, we kind of know what happens when doctors say no to athletes like us. She was now diagnosed as uh, as epileptic, and she didn't take no for an answer. She was welcomed by the Canadian Paris cycling team, where she was set a new world record in the C4 500-meter sprint at the ICU Paracycling Track Championships, winning gold and setting a world record in the 200-meter time trial. She represented Team Canada at the 2020 Summer Paralympics, bringing home silver. This daughter, bobsledder, cyclist, Olympian, Pan American, Pan America champion, world record breaker, Paralympic medalist, does not take no for an answer. Let me introduce Kate O'Brien. Was that a lot? I, Was that a lot? Was that a lot? <laughs> it, you say it in such a way, you know. Like, <laughs> yeah, you really do make me sound way more impressive than I am. You are impressive. You don't say no. And I love that about athletes. Like the doctors say, you can't do this. And you're like, oh, let's just stay positive here. Things are going to happen. You amaze me. The doctors really didn't, didn't like that so much. Yeah, I like, believe it. Clearly you hate your head. <laughs> yeah. So funny. All right. Kate, are you ready to drop in? We've got 10 rapid fire questions that are never rapid. Are you ready? I am ready. I'm a sprinter. Okay. Number We're born one. Ready. You're... <laughs> I love it. You are a sprinter. Number one, do you have a lucky charm? 
I used to wear a bee, a bee pendant around neck. Um, but I mean, the day that I had my bike, I wasn't wearing that. So maybe it was a lucky charm. I don't actually know where it went, but and oh. I file it, the bunny, the bunny that I travel That with. you take with you. Yeah, yes. Yeah, yeah. She's been to like every major games since March of 2016. That's awesome. I love that. So many people have said no. And then we kind of get into like, are you superstitious? Is this like, is there anything? And I was like, I definitely was superstitious. I was like, if I had that thing in my pocket, who knows what it was, I would want it there again for the next day because it went well. I can understand definitely. Hopefully my competitors aren't listening. I am a superstitious human okay like when i would play basketball and i discovered mm -hmm. the phrase like not in a rude way but the free touch wood if you like yeah something and <laughs> i that, like that you I specified was... not in the rude way <laughs> <laughs> have to make sure our... uh, that was Real awesome <laughs> that was awesome <laughs> um, but i would Touch wood. Like, down to the to touch wood, you know. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I would like reach down and tort every time I thought of something. And actually, funnily enough, now that I have epilepsy, but the daughter having seizures because you kept reaching down oh. and touching. I did not. Yes. I was not having so I'm laugh now. Mistaken. That's funny. Okay. Number two, what is the favorite place that you travel to for either biking or bobsled? And then also just um, another one for pleasure. It's a big question. Um, I, I think like Innsbruck, Austria is a bob bobsled pit place. Eagles. What about St. Moritz? It has, I was also going to say St. Moritz. You like okay, sorry, Innsbruck. <laughs> really, you really go against St. Moritz. Like, I mean, all of the things about the wealthy and like spending so time and set, there's a reason. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, I interrupted you with track. Innsbruck. Oh, no, St. Moritz and Innsbruck. Whistler actually also is like oh, one of my favorite tracks, like a big, fast slide whereas like you know it is like you're in a washing machine the, i like that you're <laughs> explaining that because i've never been down a bobsled track and i don't think i could now because of my crash i think all the rattling would not be great mm. <laughs> I, so, I can understand that too i know uh, right oh my gosh. <laughs> okay and then what about pleasure like just on vacay Honestly, I my dad lives in England, and so I spent a lot of time there as a kid, and probably, and yeah, like I love it there. Too. London proper is like a lot of humans, a bit much. Um, it's a lot um, of humans, but the South Coast whereabouts on the South Coast? In Sussex, teeny town called cool. Selsey, which between Portsmouth, yeah, and Brighton, maybe. Anyway. Cool. Very yeah. cool. I love it there. It's a little bit underrated. Okay. I agree with that. Uh, totally underrated.
it. Don't tell anyone, world. <laughs> We're going to see I, everyone mm -hmm. going down. I actually my daughter being from GB. We can't discuss it. <laughs> <laughs> your place. <laughs> a lot of um, the Paralympians are like beautiful British Columbia. That's like where they want to be and want to stay. And I, and I get it because it's called beautiful for a reason. <laughs> um, <laughs> on your license plates. Of course we do. <laughs> uh, number like three, where, where, yeah, where in the world are you today? In beautiful British Columbia. In Vancouver. Nice. Um, are you a big city or small town kind of gal? Small town. Nice. Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. When you're, when you're in the gym, do you like to have headphones on or do you like to like hear yourself working out? Oh, I'm a huge headphone person. Yeah. People for sure think that a lunatic because, you don't talk to Katie <laughs> with her headphones. Ironically, okay. I'm wearing them right now, but. <laughs> Thanks. Um, do you have a favorite race ever, be it bobsled or cycling? I mean, you've been through a lot. <laughs> um, I don't know. I think one of the races that I really loved was, uh, despite all of negative publicity surrounding Sochi, um, we went there for the 2013 to test out the track at a cup mm -hmm. beforehand, and it uh coral and i like worked super well so i thought but um and it was just like a like fight to get to the top and we didn't yum place at any point yeah. um but it was a matter of the fact that we liked doing the sport and we were sort of heating with each other and for together um yeah. at our highest placing and like I just remember it was it and we were in this new place and trying out this track theoretically we were both gonna gonna be going to it uh, for the Sochi 2014 mm -hmm. Winter Olympic. Yeah that yeah. was a that was a really good yeah, nice and then cycling Ooh. Um, you're wild that you go in that thing <laughs> in, in a bobsleigh or on a bike. All of the above, actually. I thought velodrome, and then I didn't even think about bobsled, and I was like, also wild. Stories surrounding that I got made fun of a lot, terrified of a velodrome. And they're like, You bobsleigh, what's wrong with you? And, <laughs> <laughs> um, but hopefully, London. There was World Champ in 2016 and um, yeah. just before the games. And I had missed placing in match and like little new velodrome track cycling in the UK and in Europe is much like Bob's thing. And right. Um, so I fan people at the entrance of the velodrome and I'm like, why are you talking to me? Awesome. So, and it's a beautiful bell. So 
Yes. So different than being in Canada where people like, they know who you are, but they'll just like whisper it to their friend and won't actually say anything to you. <laughs> You're like, I'm human. You can talk to me. It's okay. <laughs> See you right there talking about it as I walk past. <laughs> oh my gosh. So before we pressed record, I was talking about your fiance and uh, you guys picked up your wedding dresses today. Did you both get dresses? We did. Yeah. We're going yes. against the grain. <laughs> no, we're I like both it. to be brides. Bridezilla, so <laughs> as you should be. Um, number six, where did you guys meet? For the listeners that may not know, we met on the cycling team it's long before we were partners. Yeah, I like that story though. Yeah, so cool. Um, number seven, what would be the top place to train in Canada? Is there a velodrome in Canada? Yeah, in Milton, right? In Milton. Is that Everyone random that it's in Milton? Milton? <laughs> it was for the Pan Am Games and okay. they were like the Toronto Games, but they mm -hmm. didn't really have, have space in Toronto to put a giant building with a weird track in it. So they plunked <laughs> it just outside of Toronto in Milton. Um, it's lovely. It's a good place to train. for. Okay. So other than Canada, where's the best place to train? Ooh, like where's my favorite place to for yeah, anything? Yeah, traveling for bobsleigh. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, I mean, as much as bobsleigh track is like being in a washing machine. That's yeah, you sell me on that one at all. There. <laughs> <laughs> but that's your favorite to train in. Why? <laughs> well, I like the washing machine thing um it's like <laughs> okay get hit injuries from bobsleigh um yeah and then i you know they have good food they have like cheese little gym that we went to in the basement of this weird like i don't, I don't think i ever went exactly to that it. gym yeah we went there in like 2002 and i was like what is this compound it was so kind of ghetto with like, I mean, thank you Lake Placid for hosting us. But I was just like, that was my first time in like an Olympic, I guess, old Olympic place and with the dorm rooms and then the like common room eating area. I was like, is this what it's like to be at college or university? <laughs> is that what you felt? That's what I felt. So put our team into the like area they put us into a hotel uh bougie i know we don't put up with you. you're bougie um, just say it it's I, okay <laughs> that's right <laughs> bougie what the fact that one of the i had, boys teams had to eat <laughs> the guys teams i remember sitting in a restaurant in that hotel and they were grumpy this four-man team because they just eat iceberg lettuce because they ate for like it's a do we know sport. these people? You have to make, we Who do. were they? Can you it say? It was Justin okay. Cripps's format. Yes! <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> and they were so grumpy eating iceberg lettuce. Just hangry. Foods. Yeah. Oh my gosh. They were eating sandwiches, trying to bulk up, and they were like chewing on this. Yeah, it was. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> 
Lake yeah. Placid. Okay. Favorite place to train, Lake Placid. Oh, makes me cry. It brings back so many memories. See, I told you these are never rapid. It's awesome. <laughs> um, number eight, if you're not training, what can people find you doing? I nap a lot. <laughs> I've taken to napping too lately. It's, it's pretty good. Positive. Um, I actually texted um, Megan to see if you were still available for this. And she said you were probably napping. And she was correct. I love her. <laughs> uh, I do too. That's, you know, keep her. I'll keep her. Hence the wedding. I love you guys are great together. Love. Napping? What else? Do you like any other sports or do you like camping? Um, I like camping mm-hmm. a bit, but the like tent, but like, I don't know. There's, um, I play guitar well. But oh, cool! Like, yeah, thing that I occasionally do. Nice. Mm, we have two dogs. Like, they're not actually puppies anymore. They're like two years old. They yeah. have they're very high maintenance and demand oh, a lot of attention. And what kind are they? They're both rescues. Um, oh, like a mix. So, though. like. Put it in, they're like 16, 16 pounds, and like Wawa, Yorkie, <laughs> like little everything yappy things. I love them, but <laughs> awesome dog walks all the way. They're like epic dog walks. Like, I think that between them and Megan, they're gonna try and turn them in not gonna happen you're like i'm a sprinter remember um number nine number nine how did the pandemic change your training um man it seems like it started years ago (laughs) i know (laughs) but yeah it was like a pretty big change i mean first off the game from when they yeah, were the met to the next year, which was good in, in some cases. Um, yeah, it, it's is diff doing a sport that requires you to be in a small space, like in a velodrome, is definitely right. not friendly, or it friendly. is COVID friendly. Yeah. I guess that's the issue. Um, so that was like <laughs> then. <laughs> It is just staying. <laughs> we love COVID at the velodrome. <laughs> Come get COVID at the velodrome. <laughs> okay. Um, Wait, were you allowed to go train as a team there? No. So I was the enabled, as they're now known, not able-bodied. Who'd have thought? Um, the enabled team has their hub in at the velodrome but because no one else was part of that hub we couldn't go there because it was going to be like coming bubble okay wait rewind the enabled team yes yeah is that is that which team is that <laughs> the able-bodied team but i guess megan okay told me that we're it's not no longer pc able-bodied I still do. Yeah. 
because I can't okay. remember what they're called. Um, okay. Yeah. This is good to know. I'm learning. That's I love learning. <laughs> Thank well, you, good. Megan. Where is she? <laughs> she I know. She's home. Soon. I'm sure the dogs will go nuts. Okay. Perfect. <laughs> Bring them in. Um, okay. So <laughs> you couldn't go because they were there. Did you go anywhere else during the pandemic to train? No, I was so cycling Canada, um, like the para side. Basically, to rewind because I am her. I don't do yeah. this like road cycling for six hours at a time. Sounds um, awful. Which Sounds is awful. The, thank you. Um, and we're we're like the same. My sport took thirty seconds. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, mine takes thirty too slow. And that like is exhausting. I did bobsleigh, which was six seconds for a push. So you know, there you go. Uh, oh my gosh! But yeah, so I basically just because I'm riding, which is kind of the one place that you could, you know, go without COVID things yeah. being outside. Yeah. Um, I but I couldn't go to the track. Um, so I just stayed in our with like a and um the oh. para team sent some illico weights and this like somewhat terrifying teeny watt rack which is good if you're using 60 not kilos but not good 160 kilos um did it break it well close did it megan usually got me um, I'm also wondering, like, how much did it cost to send weights in the mail? But I, we don't need to get into that. But that's, yeah. like, where my athlete mind goes. And I'm like, because oh. I know you couldn't get weights anywhere in a store because they were just selling out. Yeah, it was. So props it, to them, but let's. <laughs> yeah. And our, like, living, <laughs> living on the fourth floor apartment building at the time time did you have stairs or did you an my, elevator we had well it has a it had like we moved from it it has an elevator which and sometimes didn't and the delivery so, man had to carry them up so yeah, we ended up just having to move them like everywhere by hand but then you couldn't leave them set up in the apartment because bedroom and it was just like an open space that was like 400 square feet and mm-hmm. so yeah that was the I didn't think that we ever left apartment for a year and a half like even to get oh groceries everything was ordering was yeah and you're getting oh, married was... you guys made it <laughs> oh there were times there were times you have two dogs for a reason. One of you takes one, one of them takes the other. <laughs> yeah, true. Yeah. It's, uh, oh, oh my gosh. The, the first is definitely Megan's because okay. he's the endurance one and Ring has like little spurts of energy and then naps the time. So he's mine. There you go. Perfect. All right. Last, last non rapid fire question. I love it. Um, number 10, you've talked about imposter syndrome um, going into the Paralympic Games. How did it actually feel once you were at the Paralympic Games? Did that shed off or were you still a little imposter syndrome? 
it's that's like that's a deep a question, good question to okay, I feel like I'm in therapy now so then I was doing um <laughs> I think every athlete Doctor. gets imposter syndrome, but yours is like such a different um, experience. It was, yeah. yeah. So I basically, I've always had imposter. I was going to like post-secondary big time because I was this like bobsled athlete doing this stupid, terrifying sport when is not mainstream and no one could understand. I'll go into the lab every night to look at cells. If that's not an imposter, then what is? Um, then with with para, I think I did, like you said so kindly in my interview, um, I didn't say no to things. So I always thought, well, I can go back to doing. I didn't ever see disabilities as mm -hmm. up to the level that they need to be like crippled para athlete i saw it and not as right. downplaying there but i just felt like i was cheating the system yeah, yeah, yeah. and so when i was classification for para sports events, and that's where they make sure that you're not cheating the system by yeah. You know, looking at your medical exams, and um, when I was first classified, chips was like, well, I get play acted my way to like beating them out of thinking that I, you know, like because really. And so wait, what was I, your classification? Um, <laughs> so para sports, I'm still learning. Um, every There's event a lot to learn. Yeah. Um, so, Paris, you are here uh, to teach us, my friend. <laughs> where's my whiteboard? Uh, yeah. I, it, so basically, just to go path the cycling route is yeah. there's like different. So there's cyclists. So if you think of people um, who have like for example and they lay back don't do right. anything they cycle with their hands um they have impressive upper bodies and can go really fast uh okay. like tricycles so those are that's for like um people's issues yeah. um and then there's the various what they call like regular bike which is what i'm on and it's just as your average track bike which is regular bike which no one aside. owns <laughs> yeah a fixed gear pedaling has no brakes you know danger um, danger danger it's just <laughs> <laughs> okay um and so basically those are i a classification from c1 and so c5 to put it you know in the most way is the least disabled c1 is the most so up. okay um so yeah. they thought for sure gonna be a c5 if anything um and they really have a hard time getting classified 
classified, like you might not be classifiable, in which case you can't come back. Um, <gasps> and they said, well, you did cycling and athletics so long, and it was such a big part of your rehabilitation, you might be able to make your way to looking like you don't really. And so when I went in for classification, will she get classified? Will she not? If I didn't, I would have been sent home, which is understandable. But Would that not have been heartbreaking, though? It would have been, but then I wouldn't have felt like an imposter. <laughs> okay, right, right, right. But, but um, then would you have gone, yeah. like, Olympic again? Like, would you have been able to do that? It's hard, I think. I don't know. I don't know what the times of cycling are. The velodrome basically baffles my mind. It's very odd. That's still <laughs> my goal to enabled sport as, as well as Paris, but Paris, okay. like where my heart lies now. But I ended up being classified as a C4. So I was more disabled. Is this because of the epilepsy or is this because of the head? So. The, my epilepsy from my head injury, but epilepsy is not a para thing. You okay. can't just because you have epilepsy in okay, any so sport. It doesn't. How did you get this? Doesn't. It's because I have um, from my head injury, like hemiparesis, which basically no idea means one means. side <laughs> hemiparesis. No. Uh, doesn't everybody know? Hemi they will now. Paresis. Um, <laughs> basically one side so my, the right side of my body because it was the, my brain that got bumped um, yeah the right side of body doesn't work as well neurologically as the left side and okay um so it's basically someone who someone who's had a stroke and like yeah one side body is so that's basically um and that it, you don't have to have that specific to be um, in classes, but that's just one. Basically, two limbs affected puts you as a Right. Yeah. yeah. I do like they on the website, they do do good descriptions of like the classifications as well. Sad about of? that because I often have <laughs> to look them up because I'm like, what am I again? What is, right. what is this? Um, but yeah. Okay. Yeah. So then I, I ended up being briefed um, at, at Tokyo at the Velo and because I had a at the follow games? up to my class. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Shut so, up. So yeah, they, they you start training okay. and then you downstairs for your follow up appointment and reclassified me and certified me as. Um, C four. So theoretically, I shouldn't shouldn't have. Wait, to you were a C four. Yeah. So they you kept were a C four. Same. Oh, oh, I thought they were going to do something drastic. They, they they could. You could be not classifiable. You could so this all. Wait, but you could be at the games. Stem. You could be at the games, and then they like check you, and then they're like, "Meh, not today." Ooh, I bet you so many people didn't know that. I didn't know that. How many people know that? That's ridiculous. Yeah, uh, it's I I also so just you know part of the story I did NAS for athletics. 
Um, okay. Like in Langley in Vancouver, so for track and field, yeah. and that requires classification. They can't just use your classification from. Um, okay. And that was also basically cycling. All seemed to have a thing where any neurological things, a traumatic brain injury. Yeah. It's it doesn't always stay the same. It's like right. up or down, but might switch. so right in as I was yeah. classified as a thirty-seven, but any thirties uh, um, always under review. So every competition they will look at you in between. So you could have trained because it could. Oh, mm-hmm. interesting. Interesting. And so that's basically what it was like for leading into Tokyo. And then I felt even more like an imposter when I reclassified as a C4 at the games. So, Wait, they just like put it, they said it again. <laughs> you didn't it, change. I know. But then it, you didn't I get mean, better. I was actor. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> bless your heart bless your heart you are one in a million um well we just we we only just finished the rapid fire i can tell you that much it's never rapid that was awesome i do want to talk about um the difference from olympics and paralympics and your experiences there um like paralympics is such a different ball game but very similar right like but now you're training with a, a whole different crew. Yes. It's um, winter to summer. <laughs> <laughs> it's also, you know, big difference. I was like, what is this heat thing? Hot and so what are what obviously the track cycling was a big uh a big change. But, but the Rio the Rio games like you have that, like, the real games, you know what it's like to be at the Olympics for Team Canada. I think Team Canada does such a great job at the Olympics of, like, getting Team Canada to be, like, this family. Um, I know it's different at the summer games because there's so many athletes. What were the the similarities and what were some differences from Olympics to Paralympics for you, would you say? They are very very similar um cool to be totally honest a big thing parasite that i have found in like my honest experience that in team canada um part of, like any team that i've been a part of has never up to the cohesiveness and work that the para um, team, like it's easily the best team. And, and wow. the Paralympic Games, so they like a vibe that you just, just like. I'm very, very grateful that I got to that and yeah. um, read all the flack that they took for their poor. <laughs> games it was really good they did a really good job and Tokyo did an amazing job as well but I think there's 
about being part of it seemed almost like the teams were the team which at awesome. the games yeah and when you're in the village um at the para games is the team just that much smaller yes so tokyo was a bit um funny Drome was outside we were in a satellite village um oh, okay. yeah it was outside of the main um village just because it was up in the tin so we had a we had a better view as far as i'm concerned um and it might have been cooler I, right would have been cooler up there because it was really cooler. hot okay <laughs> i think it was cooler. I, I remember yeah it was hot then <laughs> but you were was is it air conditioned in the velodrome it so that's about a velodrome it can be okay. the hotter it is the f so they try and keep it hot oh my god do you ever pass <laughs> out in that thing? Uh, a lot of you see it's funny because you see <laughs> all the coaches up on the apron like which is just the bottom of the velodrome track with their little fan measuring the wind <laughs> flow <laughs> and like the temperature what equipment you use and like yeah it's pretty funny we were getting the inside scoop the things i did not know about i had i've had georgia on and i didn't i don't know i didn't know i hadn't watched velodrome before and i have so much respect for you guys <laughs> yes. oh, okay so it's gotta be hot <laughs> yes it has Oh my god! It's really hot and like not. It's a very odd sport. Like I bobsleigh had a lot of equipment, but honestly, cycling, like traveling, is there has to be like a hot velodrome, and they're very about what doors can open in a drone because it affects the airflow. The airflow. And, and oh. so, and then like be fast probably in training like not probably not because you're not using the same equipment and you're doing all of these fancy things but theoretically training has faster air move people on the track who are like this circulating thing whereas when right. you're by yourself on the track during competition you don't have that uh, wait so the people make you faster or slower the people circulating the air because they're also on the track makes it faster. Yeah. Okay. In competition Wild. or in now, training. Now, sorry. See, because you biked before your accident, um, I do want to talk about your skull being um, off of your head because I think that's pretty <laughs> drastic. Um, <clears throat> would you, if you were to compare, like your memory is good. Like you have a good memory. Um <sighs> Would you compare biking before and biking now in the velodrome? Do you see drastic differences? It's hard to say. I'm also in my old age. In my 30s, oh. you know. <laughs> You're still young. Thanks. I, I hear that people who say I act childish, but I'm okay with it. But... I differences for 
for sure. Um, and like, I definitely am not as fast I once was, but that's a lot of that could have to do with training and okay. back. Um, like when I was first, first starting up when all mm -hmm. the doctors were saying, <laughs> don't do this. Um, yeah. I found challenging because like my center of gravity was a different because of my weird sided weakness and I lost yeah. steering in um one of my ears and so oh, okay. that had like a huge balance um mm -hmm. but then once I've kind of don't really feel that different I like how much is gone in your right <laughs> in your right ear yeah, it's all gone. The whole thing. Yeah, it's oh, uh, it's hard to. My brother grew up the, like that, but that's hard to change in your lifestyle. Oh, he's like semi hearing impaired. No, or? left ear, left ear is nothing. He's got nothing in his left ear, but he was born like that, so he doesn't really know any better. But when we sit around mm. a table, we always forget which side not to sit on. <laughs> this happens you know a lot I mean? with me, and so if I don't want to hear what he's saying, and I. You can be strategic. Just, like, what? Sorry. <laughs> um, yeah. Broken, my broken basal skull went through my, like, nerve canal. And so that okay. was that. Okay. And let's talk about the skull. Um, because when your skull was obviously taken out for pressure, right? Mm -hmm. And when they take it out, there's an option it's weird that I know this because my friend got hit by a truck and and she had something similar where they took it out that they can either put it in a glass jar or put it in your body. The right? body thing? Yes. The body thing? Cree the F out. Like I, Me too! <laughs> what is that weird bump in your stomach? Oh, it's, it's my skull. Yeah. <laughs> How you explain that to people? I'm just carrying my skull. No biggie. <laughs> I was tired of having it in my head, so you know. Oh, a so skull. And, you know. So what did you opt for? Not the stomach. So, in in fairness, luckily, um, for my sake, I didn't opt for anything because I was out of it. Oh, okay. Um, to was my poor mom and Megan and my friend Kathy. Bless their heart. All had to, yeah, I guess that they um, initially, uh, okay, she's fine. Like, we'll put her in the ICU and she should be, yeah. we have like a see pressure monitor in her brain. We'll stick it in there. I don't know how they do it. And, but we'll keep an eye on it. And if the pressure gets too high, then we'll have to like figure something out. And yeah. so then that, that night, the pressure got too high. The neurosurgeons were, and they said, this is an unusual thing. It's kind of our only option. Do you consent to this to my mom? Yeah. That's what they did. So I, then they took out this piece of skull and put it in a Ziploc bag it in foil or something and threw it into the fridge at the Foothills Hospital for its 
wild. So wild. And then now then the option is to have that be put back in or a prosthetic. Yes. So, so they offer a prosthetic. They prefer to put your okay. own bone back in if there's any being alive, being able to, whatever that is. Okay. Um, yeah. it, it will never be the same, but based, like for me, there's, there's always a risk of eventually just, like it doesn't ever grow back together. Okay. So it might just wear out from what they've used with their fancy screws and all of that. Wait, um, what? And that's the <laughs> Yeah, I have like, like you know. No, but some... it'll wear out? What do you mean? Like the, the stuff that's holding it I... together will wear out and like... then your skull will fall out. <laughs> I don't I don't understand. <laughs> tell me, tell me, tell me. I'm sure this is where I should bring Megan in if she's uh, um <laughs> Yeah. Basically like you don't nothing like there's nothing attached in your bone, but it detached to itself. So yeah, yeah, like yeah. It can just sort of disintegrate a little bit. Okay, okay. And I'm gonna be watching your skull, like, my friend. <laughs> thanks. I'm I think worried. I'm worried. It's still good though. Oh um, Does that hurt? Yeah. Touching no. it? Is it no. numb? <laughs> Funny feeling at the incision, but yeah, I don't know. Wow. I can feel like the little. Tiffany jewels they put in, um, but what does that yeah. mean? Tiffany jewels? Oh, like um, the hardware, the hardware. The yeah, I, you can feel this. Call them Tiffany jewels because it makes me sound fancy. I so. absolutely respect that completely, as you should. <laughs> yeah, they would put oh like a fancy carbon thing. Okay, if they ever cool. discovered that the bone didn't didn't stick, but fine Amazing. so far. Oh, well, you've been through a lot, my friend, and you got a silver at the Para Games. Are you looking to keep it going? And you did talk about Olympics again. What do we expect? Um, so I, you're like the, is it day by you know, day first one to hear? Um, it is day by day. I'm aiming for. We have World Championship. Uh, for para in Paris this year um, in October. And then yeah. there's Olympic Games in Paris in 2024, which are definitely what I'm aiming for. So I'm aiming for. like holding on until then. I'm getting yeah. into this um, like track and field. And okay. That the, my like, big sort of underlying goal is to my as I said I have enough for being a para-athlete and I'll mm -hmm. always consider myself a para-athlete um yeah but being part of enabled able-bodied uh team and doing yeah. like Olympics Paralympics in Paris would be the the big goal so okay so what would you in paris mm -hmm. you would do olympics and paralympics that would be is like 
in cycling because yes in cycling. so yeah dude that's freaking rad has anyone ever done that before i don't know i'm sure i'm sure like it's... some other reporter will figure that out and be like this is groundbreaking but for me it's freaking groundbreaking because you're my friend and i think that's amazing <laughs> thanks yeah i i have no idea if that will happen it's uh sort what of an amazing design. goal though yeah i'm not i'm not aiming for you know more letters yeah behind me and be like two-time olympian two-time paralympian mm -hmm. It's more just do what I am trying to do in the parallels. Mm -hmm. I, if I could get back to having my starting meters be as far as it was, that would be very helpful for my 500. Yeah. And so. if that was fast, I could go back to doing, I mean, obviously, out of competition from the rest of the the Canadian cycling team but go back to yeah. being starter which is what I got the Pan American record in so I'm so hyped for you this is awesome <laughs> you have like you've you've come through so much and to follow your journey is is something everyone should be doing because you're so inspiring and I love the, the athleticism of not saying like there's no no there's yet just yes <laughs> well to most it's, things <laughs> it's, it's very kind uh, that's like a, a big thing if i don't want to interrupt you know the the questions um but i was getting the one, one thing sort of a huge co-message that i'm learning in my old age slash with you know my injuries and what and you probably know amateur athletics is really not what you think. Like people who go into amateur athletics thinking, oh, this is going to be so fun and do these things and it's all great and amazing. Like there are times where, to put it bluntly, it fucking sucks. Like, yeah. And there's a lot of, and a lot of difficulty with you know, friends and coaching and money and um, mm -hmm. I think in bobsleigh, I did it because I loved it and mm -hmm. first recruited to track cycling. I did it because I loved it as I got, you know, more experienced and old and um, I, I didn't like it anymore. I want to do track cycling. Um, yeah with this kind of being forced out of out of the game for a couple of my injury that I thought I do miss this actual sport so I'll go back into it but I'm not getting sucked back into the drama this stuff and, the and politics like, yeah and I it definitely wasn't easy and Mm -hmm. you know so you're not alone out there can I just <laughs> tell you that because I remember I spoke to um a plethora of the Rio athletes after 2016 and I was on a panel and I looked at the room and I said you all have one thing in common you hate your national sport organization everyone looked at each <laughs> other and laughed and I was like yeah it's not easy for any of us but I've been um chair of the athletes council for Canada snowboard for six years to try and be like 
remember you're here for the athletes you mm -hmm. have this because of the athletes and uh, so i think if we have more people like that kind of trying to make yeah. things better it, it will make a big difference mm -hmm. in the long run but it's going to take a while i agree yeah and i think that's like you know, it's it's hard and i'm sure you know too with your injuries and stuff when your team want you back like i i was you're not the priority huge liability mm -hmm. we want anything to do with me i don't even really think i got the feeling we can only say certain things based on, you know, mm -hmm. athlete agreements and stuff. Yeah. Like they didn't quite a challenge for me to get back on that I team. I can't wait until you're back. And I can't. <laughs> Stick it to them. Well, thanks. That's what I like. Yeah. I, they told me that I had to retire. They're like, you should retire the doctor and the high performance manager. And I was like, I'm going to have to get you guys to stay positive here. Like, you're not kicking me off the team. <laughs> and then they're like pulling. They're like, please just leave. <laughs> I know I'm not going anywhere. Oh, gosh. Good yeah. times. Yeah. Isn't it Good. fun being an athlete? There is a it reason is. we Super. stay in it. It's because mm -hmm. it's a passion and we do love it until we don't anymore and then we move on. Yeah. And I think that's like a huge thing is it's also okay to be and be like an up and come and be like, yeah, I don't want to do this anymore. Yeah. And just to say, have to do it. Like you're not so much choice. is put on, you know, having, as I said, these like letters behind degrees or OLY or PLY. You have a lot of letters. <laughs> you, you have, you have at least six letters that I know of behind your name. Thanks. Kate O L Y and P L Y. Yeah. I have, yeah. you know, B S C M S C if you really wanted to get in those. Yeah. You, okay, you have more letters than your name, which is fabulous. Absolutely fabulous. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Um, I thank you so much for sharing your experiences. And honestly, you're one of the only people that I think I know that has done an Olympics and a Paralympics and kind of figuring out the differences between them and the similarities and what you're up to next. It's just inspiring for all of us to keep listening and following. So where can people follow you online if they'd like to see what you're up to? Well, I uh, am on Instagram as empty. There's a big yeah, story. Why is it empty, Kate? <laughs> during I was Bobsley, like, I was during Bob's I was wearing a hoodie and the boys came and like to this little like oh, I don't yeah, know yeah, like, like a... closed in thing. Yeah. My pilot um, Jenny posted that picture on her Instagram Instagram, and her friend commented, "Ah, empty Kate." And then the comment underneath was, "Oh, Kate, it auto corrected." Oh. And so then when I joined, <laughs> yeah. So now I'm just it had to be empty. I like yeah, that story. Twitter is the same. So I, I think I'm okay on Twitter. So keep it the same. Keep it the same. Anything else you want to share with our listeners and viewers? No, I am super, super grateful. You're like, you know, we're friends, but you're one of my idols. You're like such a little human, just saying. Oh, um, and thank you. So yeah, I am very. I was very happy to to come 
um, I'm speaking to, to anyone reaching and, you know, asking questions or asking, you know, what's my favorite sandwich or something. <laughs> yeah. And you'll do speaking engagements too, right? Promise they'll be amazing, oh, yeah. but I'll, I'll ramble. I'm I'll pretty sure they're going to be amazing. <laughs> what your your story is amazing Kate so much for dropping in and I can't wait to have you on again this was so fun thanks so much thanks so much for dropping in today you can find everything you want to know about dropping in with Mercedes at droppinginwithmercedes.com don't forget to subscribe on Apple Spotify and YouTube thanks DJ Kenosis for the music and my mom for the intro voice the host of Broadcast Dialogue, the podcast. We focus on Canada and the challenges facing Canadian radio and TV, as well as highlighting those moving the industry forward from podcasting and streaming to new broadcast tech. Check us out at broadcastdialogue.com or your favorite podcast app. Come on a journey like no other where you will discover many roads that will lead you to a happier, healthier, and more stress-free life. And the beauty is, you don't need any vacation time for this adventure. The journey will come to you. Join Avery Rich on your very own journey into yoga. Along the way, she will demystify yoga poses and guide you into a yoga posture or short sequence, all in less than 15 minutes. You have nothing to lose but stress. The Journey Into Yoga podcast. It's not for people who like yoga. It's for people who don't like yoga. Follow or subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, or at AveryRich.com.